Lord, I just ask um, that you would um, just use me today to speak your truth to these ladies. Lord, your word right now is it's the only truth that we have to hang on to. And I just pray that um, things that we teach here today, Lord, would um, pierce the hearts of our ladies and that they would know without a shadow of a doubt um, that you are their God and that you love them dearly. Lord, um, we just, I commit this time to you and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So my purpose here today is to introduce the theme for our 2020-2021 women's ministry year. Um, I think it's a way that we can unite our ministry, so if we have one common theme. And um, we're not gonna talk about the theme necessarily every week, but we're gonna be looking at the Book of Ruth through the lens of our theme. And our theme is our identity in Christ, right? Um, you know, what I, we're going to dig into the specifics on that in a little bit more, but right now I just want to ask you a question. Um, who are you? Who are you? You know, today, if you were to introduce yourself to someone, which we just did, you, you know, you might say, hi, my name's Elizabeth. I'm the director of care and women's ministries, right? Or, um, so, 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 so sometimes we identify ourselves by what we do, right? I'm a director of care and women's ministries. That's what I do. Sometimes we identify ourselves by a role, the role that we play. Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. Sometimes at church we'll give the Sunday school answer, right? Hi, I'm Elizabeth. I love Jesus, right? That's, that's the Sunday school answer. Sometimes that is how we will identify ourselves. But what I want to share with you today is the fact that while all of these things are true, I am the director of care and women's ministries, I am a wife and a mom, I do love Jesus, those words describe what I do. They don't describe who I am. They don't describe my identity. And the problem with defining ourselves by what we do is that when we are no longer doing that, we may find ourselves lost and unable to, like we, we've lost our identity. For example, I'm, I define myself as a mom for, you know, I don't know, 20 something years. And when my son last year, when both my sons were in college, I wasn't playing that role anymore. Who was I? I'm, I mean, I was, I'm still a mother, but I'm not functioning necessarily in that role. Did my value change? No, but my role changed. I had to find something else to do, which is why I'm now working at the church. <laughs> but, um, but the point is, is that what we do does not determine who we are. What we do does not determine our value. Neil Anderson says, and this is a quote from one of his books. He says, people tend to get their identity from the things they do and their significance from their positions and titles. They wrongly conclude appearance, performance, and status equals significance. Our identity is not determined by what we do. It is determined by who we are in Christ. 
It is, not the, it is not what we do that determines who we are. It is, what we do, what we, it is who we are that determines what we do. Did you catch that? It's not what you do that determines who you are. It is who you are that determines what you do. Paul David Tripp agrees with that. He describes it this way. He says, the normal human struggle is to look for identity horizontally when I was hardwired by God to look at it vertically. I look for something in creation to define who I am, whether that is marriage or my work or my athletic body or whatever that is. I am not something because I am in ministry. I am something because I am in Christ, bottom line. So again, did you catch that? We shouldn't be looking horizontally for our identity or for our value or for our worth. It doesn't go this way. It goes this way. It goes this way. Remember, your value and worth comes not from what you do, but from what he did, from what he did for you. And he did a lot. I think y'all probably heard me say this before. It's another quote from Neil Anderson. He summarizes it. He summarizes what Christ did for us this way. And I love this. He defeated the devil, forgave our sins, set us free from our past, made us new creations in Christ, empowered us with his Holy Spirit, and gave us the rule book for life, telling us to repent and walk by faith according to what he says is true. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Right? That is what he did for us. So with this thought in mind, if I now ask you, who, who are you? Does your answer change? In Christ, the scriptures say, this is what they say. The scriptures say that you are a child of God. You are adopted. Every one of us is adopted. It's beautiful. We are all justified. We are redeemed and forgiven. We are Christ's friend. We are complete in Christ. We are free from condemnation. We are inseparable from the love of God. Did you catch that? It's inseparable from the love of God. He can't love you anymore, and he certainly can't love you any less. We are a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah, this is not our home. We are the salt and light of the earth. We are God's temple. And my, one of my favorite, we are a masterpiece. Ladies, you are a masterpiece. You are God's handiwork. That is beautiful. I want you to live your life as if you know that you are these things. I want you to live, as our summer study talked about, I want you to live as the kingdom women that you were created to be. If you knew you were all of these things, imagine the confidence that you would have going out and dealing with all of the darts that the enemy is throwing at you. I mean, they just bounce right off you. You'd be like, not today, Satan, right? 
so as we talk about our identity in Christ this ministry year, I could pick any, I could have picked any of those words as our theme, as our theme verse. Um, and they would be some good ones, right? But I believe that before we can be any of those things, before we can be adopted, before we can be a child of God, before we can be any of those things, we must first be chosen. Ladies, each one of you has been chosen. Take a look at John 15, 16. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to John 15, 16. I think I'm going to read this from the NIV, but I'm not exactly sure. <clears throat> John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So let's just get a little bit of context for this verse. I always, you know, we shouldn't ever look at a verse and go all by itself, right? We should kind of look what's happening, what's going on. Um, and the, what, so the question is, so what is the setting where Jesus is saying this? Well, if you back up to John chapter 13, you'll see that Jesus and his disciples have had their final meal together in the upper room. Now, the disciples don't know that this is the final meal, but Jesus does. And he rose from dinner and began to wash their feet. So this is John 13, uh, verses 2 to 5. It says, The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So Jesus is giving his final words to his disciples, his final discourse. Mount Calvary ladies, do you remember when Matt did his sermon series on the final words of Jesus? Do you remember how he talked about how important your, the final words that someone gives before they die are? Jesus was imparting wisdom to his disciples. Now they were like, yeah, whatever. Like, they didn't understand. What do you mean? What are you talking about? They didn't understand it until later when the Holy Spirit um, revealed it to them. But they had no idea at the time these were his last words. And they, they asked a lot of questions. By the time we get over to, to John chapter 15, Jesus has, in 1334, he's given them a new commandment. He says to love one another. In 1338, he foretold Peter's denial. Um, chapter 14, verse 6, he told them that he was the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And in John chapter 14, verse 16, he promised them the Holy Spirit. And chapter 15 starts in verse 1 with this statement. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. 
So since, so since we've been talking about identity, so we're talking about identity, let's look at this verse. You know, let's, let's just break it down a little bit. So who is Jesus? Who is Jesus identified as in this? Let's say he is. He's the true vine, right? Jesus is the true vine. Well, who's his father? Who's he identified as? The gardener or the vine dresser. Well, what's that? What's that? I had to look that up. I didn't know what a vine dresser was. It's a person who prunes, trains, and cultivates vines. That's from dictionary.com. I mean, imagine, you know, look at that picture. Like, God's up there pruning and cultivating and training. Sometimes his training is really hard. <laughs> um, what does that verse say that we are? How does it identify us in that passage? We are the branch attached to the true vine. So we're just a little branch. And what does it say we're supposed to do? If we're a branch attached to the vine, we bear fruit, right? <laughs> and what happens to make us bear more fruit? Pruning. Pruning. Yikes. Ouch. But do you see how once you have that mindset of identity in your brain, you know, you can find identity statements all over the place. Um, one, of the, one of the activities that, um, that Pastor Dick had given me to, I went in his office, I'm like, I don't know how to read the Bible. Like, what am I supposed, I want to go deeper, what am I supposed to do? He said, read it through and identify everything that God is doing. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So I did that, and that was really revealing. Well, the next time I read it through, I underlined all the things that it said about me. And that's very revealing as well. And that's where I think I really realized that, indeed, we are chosen. It talks about it in the Old Testament. talks about it in the New Testament. We are all chosen. Um, so if we look in, so in talking about finding identity statements everywhere, in chapter 15, verses 1 to 7, there are several references specifically to our identity. That is who we are. Verse 2 says we're a branch. Verse 3 says we're clean. Verse 4 says we're in Christ. Verse 5, he tells us again, you're a branch. Verse 9, we are loved. Verse 14, friends of Jesus. Verse 16, chosen. And appointed and as I said we can be none of those things unless we are first chosen it's foundational it's foundational to our identity sure all people are made in the image of God we're all made into the image of God right every person believer non-believer they're all made in the image of God but when we become in Christ it is because we are chosen we are chosen John 15, 16, again, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. My um, Reformation Study Bible commentary on that verse says, Jesus is indicating that the first initiative, the original and saving choice, is his. 
It originates from him. Had he not chosen them, the disciples, they would not have chosen him. Here the choice of which he speaks is election to salvation. So if we are not chosen, we cannot choose him. If we are not chosen, we cannot be saved. To put this in positive terms, because he chose us, we can choose him. This is the doctrine of election. I am not a theologian. I am not gonna, we are not gonna get into the doctrine of election today, but just keep this in mind. I did go, I did go to see what John MacArthur had to say about it. So this is what he says. He says, in the broad sense, election refers to the fact that God chooses or elects to do everything that he does in whatever way he best sees fit. When he acts, he does so only because he willfully and independently chooses to act. According to his own nature, predetermined plan, and good pleasure, he decides to do whatever he desires without pressure or constraint from any outside influence. God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. Um, Ladies, if you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is because he first chose you. Being chosen is foundational. In the Greek, chosen means to pick out or to pick out for oneself, choosing one out of many. So imagine this, like do you see this picture in your mind? God's looking out over his creation. He's looking all around. He's like, oh, that one. I'm going to pick that one. Oh, there's, there she is. I'm going to pick that one. That one, they're all for me. Right? I just love that. I just love that image. Um, so before you could be saved, you had to be chosen. Before you were forgiven, you had to be chosen. Before you were justified, you had to be chosen. Before you were all those things and before you can be all that God wants you to be, you have to be chosen first. And if you are chosen by God, it means you are eternally loved. You have value and worth, eternal value and worth. It means that those trials in your life are not punishment. Just a little pruning. Just a little pruning. So that you can bear more fruit. As I've worked with women over the years, I've found that not understanding their identity in Christ is, is foundational. It's one of the foundational issues. You've got fear and anxiety, and we addressed that last year with our theme of fear not. But also, ladies don't know who they are. They don't know their value and their worth. Um, they believe the lies that the enemy tells them, that they're worthless that they'll never measure up, that's not the voice of God. The God, God says, you are chosen, you are mine. Um, you know, we tend to believe those lies because we get so wrapped up in this world. Um, and, you know, again, we, lies, these lies, we choose to believe. And when we believe them, it gives them power over us. Um, and we then react in ways that are self-defeating. If I believe that I am worthless, 
then I'm, you know, I'm not going to, to act in my best interest. If I believe that I deserve to be punished, well, I might stay in a toxic relationship much longer than I, than I should. I'll allow people, I've, I've actually seen this, I have seen people continue to be not metaphorically beaten down because they felt like they deserved it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Um, choose to believe that you are chosen. Choose to believe that because you are chosen, you have value and worth. And my challenge for you today is to live your life with the truth of that fact that you are chosen and dearly loved by God. Every single one of you. Ask God to show you what lies you believe about yourself. And trust me, we all believe some lies. We do. We all believe some lies about ourselves. Um, but ask him to show you which lies you believe about your identity and to show you what the truth actually is. Um, and Well, and I should tell you what the truth actually is, right? You are, you are chosen. You are dearly loved. You are a daughter of the king. That is the truth. Um, before we close, I'd like to share with you. This is, I guess I could have said this is one of my favorite songs if we had asked what's your favorite song in the beginning. Um, some of the lyrics from it um, are, um, what do you see when you look in the mirror? A loser? A failure? Does every scar determine who you are? Maybe don't look, just turn away. If every day is like yesterday, winds are gonna change. And the chorus, and I love this, this is what I love. The chorus says, you're not worthless, you're precious. You're not left out, you're wanted. You're not invisible with your shining soul. Love has spoken and you are chosen. <laughs>